What's up, everybody? Now, I'm sure that, much like in my experience, the exhilaration of a new year has probably worn off for you by now, as have the resolutions you made in January. So, I've put together a special treat for you in this bonus episode. Join me and my guest, Krista Michelli, as we talk about setting short-term goals in a way that you've probably never thought about before. Let's get started. You're listening to the Think Outside the Lines podcast. Practical solutions and ideas for designing the life you want with an added dose of inspiration. Here's your host, Sean Feeney. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Think Outside the Lines podcast. In each episode, I talk to people who are designing the lives of their dreams. I believe that if they can do it, so can you. And these conversations are meant to inspire you to take action and to pursue the life you've always wanted to live. I'm Sean, and you can find me over at thinkoutsidethelines.com, where we explore these ideas further. Now, you may have heard this episode already, and maybe you're listening for the first time. My guest shares so much valuable information that I was compelled to share it with you again. It's the start of a new quarter, which brings with it an opportunity to revisit the goals that you made and didn't keep, and perhaps even the goals you've yet to make. If you haven't heard this episode yet, you're definitely in for a treat. And if you've heard it already, I encourage you to listen again with a fresh perspective. And be sure to head over to thinkoutsidethelines.com slash podcast, click on Krista's show notes, and download the goal domination guide that we reference in this episode. It might just change your life. It's time to think outside the lines again with the lovely Krista Michelli. All right, Krista Michelli, welcome back to the show. Now, it's the first week of a new quarter, and I know you've got some great insight on how we can refresh some of the goals that we may have set in the new year. And obviously, this is the perfect time to do it. So share your tips. I usually use this week um, just to kind of clean up the clutter. And it's not at all a resolution thing. It's more of a an assessment of how things went and then kind of an opportunity to get excited about what you want to do moving forward. And... I just had a kid four months ago and all of this is starting to look a lot different. So cleaning up the clutter, um, reassessing what went well and what didn't go well, what marks I hit, which ones I didn't hit and why, um, has been really complicated. And I've had to kind of take a little swig of my own medicine for the first time in a really long time. (laughs) And it's really, it's kind of heart wrenching. Um, nothing depressing. It's just, God, what do I want? Like, what do I really, really want? And I started reading this book called Essentialism. It's by Greg McCowan. And I, I read a lot. And this is probably one of the best leadership business life books I've ever read in my life. And I'm only three quarters of the way through it because every chapter it's like I'm molesting the page with a highlighter. Okay, and, ever read in your life? That's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, I'm gonna it's definitely really profound. To <laughs> okay. No, it's super profound because I mean, I love Creativity Inc. I love Rework. I love um, Bird by Bird. I mean, there's so many books out there that are just incredible for anyone who, you know, is trying to do something in the world that is going to leave any sort of substantial impact. And this book just kind of cuts to the core, um, and for lack of better terms gets to the essentials instead of fighting to made, you know, put your stake on the world in a sea of like gazillion options. Yeah. So whether you're stretched too thin, whether you feel overworked, whether you feel like you're not productive, but you're super busy all the time, 
whether you feel like you're kind of at the whim of other people's agendas, like whatever it is, this book is kind of addressing that. And it really has hit me to the core of like, what is it that I want? And I need to be really clear about it because I went into 2016 thinking, I think I want my, my theme for the year to be focus. And then I started reading this book and it's like, well, focus on what? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, like I, I was really thinking I was super smart by just saying, I just want to be really focused and then I'll figure it out as each quarter goes on, like what it is I want to dedicate my focus to or my channel my energy to. But some and, people don't ever figure that out though, right? Like you say you have that intention, but you're just like, you don't, you never get it. No, I totally agree. And I think there's room for exploration always. I think in goal setting, you know, something I read in Creativity Inc. that Ed Catmull had said was we don't often give ourselves permission to change our mind because, you know, we set this big audacious goal and we say, this is what we want. And I mean, this is coming from the guy who like runs Pixar and you're thinking, okay, I'm sure they set really big goals. And as you start tackling that goal with whatever your tangible action items are, um, you learn more, you learn new information that you couldn't have possibly known before you kind of entered into that phase. And if you need to readjust the goal based on the new information, you should give yourself permission to do that. And I've, I love that as I went into last year, I kind of kept that in mind, like, man, if I need to change my mind and completely shift where this, this goal was, you know, originally intended to go just based on what I know now, then I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm just going to scrap it, cut my losses and move forward. And I think when I say something like, I want focus to be a theme for 2016, it's like, well, fuck, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, there's so many things that I'm invested in that are all really good things. And I think that's, that's a complicated thing about people who are talented or people who are ambitious is that there are always going to be really good options. You have to figure out which ones are kind of your essentials, right? I mean, I honestly, like you just hit like a huge sore spot for me because, and we've talked about this, like I have always had so many crazy ideas in my brain in terms of what I think I can accomplish or what I want to accomplish. But like, if you take this podcast, for example, and we were just talking about this a few minutes ago, I, this is something that I've truly been focused on. Mm-hmm. And like and what now, happened? Totally. And now I'm seeing like the results and it's coming to fruition and it's like, I can't even describe how amazing it is, but, but that's one focus. thing. That's totally. one thing. So if you say, you know, you've got family, you've got, you know, maybe spirituality, you've got your career, you've got your friends, you've got social, you know, whatever it is. And you say, if I have to choose one or if I have to choose a common characteristic that, that binds all of these things together, what is that? Because this will determine what I say yes and no to moving forward. Yes. And that's, I think that's really difficult. And that's kind of what, um, you know, years ago when I started this values-based conversation, which is now pretty mainstream, I would say, um, identifying what your core values are keeps you from compromising what you actually believe in when you make your decisions. So people get really frustrated, you know, someone else made me do this or blah, blah, you know, whatever their excuse is. And it's, it's really on you. If you don't know what you inherently care about, if you don't know what your driving motivational factors are, AKA your values, and you start saying yes to stuff that are misaligned with those values, then it's on you, not them. Okay, I want to challenge right? you for a second, though. Yeah, I agree with all that, but here's my challenge because I think I'm definitely someone that knows, but I don't necessarily know how to identify or define them. So help us. That's with that. great. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I've been doing for the last five years with our clients is 
our very first step in the process is to say, look, you know, I get that your company has values. They're on your business card or whatever bullshit. Um, what do they actually mean? Like help, help me understand how you unpack this on a day-to-day basis from like the lowest of the low in your company all the way to the executive suite. And from a personal standpoint, it's the same kind of mentality. Like how do I make decisions at every single touch point of my life? Um, whether it's going out for drinks with friends over something else, whether it's, you know, I don't know what kind of, do I, do I go and have an ice cream cone over running? If I said that like getting in shape was my priority or whatever. Um, it's discipline. (laughs) It is discipline. And I think the way you identify it is to say, what are the things that really irritate me? And you know me, like, I would rather talk about things that piss me off all day than talk about like (laughs) all of the awesome stuff in the world. So if I think about the things that like really piss me off, if I really dig, it's because my values have been compromised in those particular situations. So for instance, if, um, people are late, oh my God, I cannot handle if people are late. Like if people are late, I just leave. I'm like, you're dead to me. Like I, in, in living in LA, it's like, Oh, there's traffic. There's always fucking traffic. Leave earlier. Totally. Like, nice. Thank you for being my friend because I've been late. <laughs> Pretty much, I think every time. We whatever. You know what I mean, though. It's like, no, oh, I totally my God. Do. I totally and, I, do. and I think if I say I'm still going to be this person's friend, even though they're like perpetually late, I've made that decision. But I at least know that like, yes. hey, this person's always late. And instead of me like having my blood boil, you know, as I sit there for 15 minutes and like wait for them to show up, I'm just yeah. going to show up 15 minutes later. Yes. Right. You work around it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Occasionally. But what I'm saying is that now I can say I either want to align myself with people who have that same value. And it's not the being on time value. It's a respect issue. Yes. So if I write out on a piece of paper, it drives me crazy when people are late. Okay. Why is that? Well, because I feel like they don't respect my time. Okay. Why does that bother you so much? Because I feel like it's inherently disrespectful. Yep. Okay, great. Then respect is one of my core values. And and then I can start seeing how that plays out. I mean, I, I worked at a job and I had an assistant and everyone treated her like an assistant. And I, I like couldn't figure out other than like she was a human and stop being a dick. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why that was so irritating to me until I identify what my, my core values were. And I was like, oh, so in order to work here, I have to leave my, my, my values of respect. I have to leave that in the elevator as I step off and walk into my, my office. If I'm going to fit this office culture. Interesting. And I couldn't do it. I was like, no, I will not treat her like she's less than I will not disrespect her just because her, her title is something different than ours. Totally. So do you see what I'm saying? Like, that's how you can start identifying. You can even Google like, um, core values. And there's like, you can click on the first link and it's like a list of 7 million words and at least it'll start getting your brain moving. Like, okay, if I start highlighting some of these that kind of resonate with me, you know, I can at least get my brain going as to some that maybe I want to associate with and I don't. And this is an evolution. Um, I set my own core values like eight years ago and they've kind of shifted in, in terms of a definition. So if I said adventure was one of my core values eight years ago, as I've come to refine what the definition that I've set means for adventure in my own life, it really meant exploration. Interesting. Yeah. Does that make sense? I'm not like an adventurous person. 
I really care about exploring and getting out there and like yes. learning new things, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah, this is reminding me a lot of, um, you know how much I love Daniel Laporte. And mm-hmm. she has her desire map where she basically helps you whittle down like your core desired feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is very much in line with that. And so I have like my five or six core desired feelings that I try to feel every single day. It's great. And to your point, I love that because it's not about like maybe it's not about adventure. You don't want to go like skydiving every day. But you, <laughs> totally. You want to go exploring. And so I think that that's um, – and you whittled that down, right? Like you mm-hmm. saw adventure first, but then you're like, oh, what is it that I really want? I don't need yeah. to be doing something like mountain climbing every day, right? No, and it's a definition thing because adventure never originally started as like a, a go get him kind of like, oh, I love, you know, rock climbing. It started as I love travel. I love seeing new things. I love, you know, X, Y, Z. And as I started really interacting with it, once I had a word, I realized that there was a, a better representation of, of my personal definition. If that makes yes. sense. Yeah. So totally. this isn't like, oh, write it down. And then, you know, you've got your top five values um, that like you can never change. I think they won't inherently change in terms of like the definition and what you feel. But the word might change when you find a better, you know, descriptor for it. And I think that once you have certain experiences that align with those, you evolve mm-hmm. to the next level of mm-hmm. whatever you're ready for next, right? Agreed. Like that's that's for with me with the feelings thing, you know. Like I think mm-hmm. like yeah, this year I wanted to seek you know these certain feelings, and maybe I got those, and I'm like okay, cool, got those lessons. Let's move on to like the bigger and better, you know. Within that, of. within that feeling. Totally, totally. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. They won't necessarily change. It'll just be a new adaptation of it as you gain more information per that you know Ed Catmull quote, like. As I get more information, what needs to shift? Love it. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of the foundation of, you know, when we talk about resolutions, it's like, oh, screw resolutions. Like, let's figure out who we actually are first so that we're just making better decisions as we move forward. Well, and that's why people don't see their resolutions through because you, you have this idea of like what's this, I mean, I'm going to rant for a second, but like what society tells you mm-hmm. should be like, get in shape, eat better, blah, like those stupid things that like everybody tries on January 1st. And then, you know, by January 20th, they're back to eating cheeseburgers and sitting on their couch. So it's totally, yeah, well, the hot. example that I use, you know, pretty often is I ran the LA marathon, uh, not this past year, but the year before. And right after the marathon, I was like, I want to do another one. And I wrote as a quarterly goal. I was like, Hey, I'm going to run another marathon. And by the end of the quarter, I was like, I didn't do shit. Like, <laughs> and, and I couldn't figure out why I was like, how did I just run a marathon? And I can't like maintain that. And yeah. it's because my inherent goal wasn't to actually like be that adventure, like to be that achievement oriented with my running. It was to stay fit. So if sure. I'm just like staying fit, running a marathon is going to then become like one of the last options of staying fit. Like (laughs) I would, you know what I mean? It's like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of training. So like really figuring out what it is. It's like, man, if I just want to be fit, then like cut back on the Snickers bars for the week or something like go on a couple walks. You don't have to do another training session for a marathon. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to, um, we talked about kind of the, coming up with the values how do we Mm -hmm. use those to then set the goals that we have for this year yeah so I um I'm married so my husband and I have like family values now like we have our individual values and obviously we have individual strengths that we bring to the table but we kind of set now that we have a son like what are our our values as a family that our kid will like grow up and say oh these are the things that my parents really cared about 
Um, and that was really interesting to kind of merge them and say, these are the things that we're like going to fall back on all the time. Like if he says when he's 21 that like, Oh, without a doubt, I know that these, these were the three things my parents really cared about. We're going to be so stoked because then we had consistently made decisions around those things. Um, so when we set goals now, we do it as a family and we say, okay, look back at our values. Now, what's the theme that we want for this year? How do we want to really unpack these values um, in a very direct, like filtered way? So two years ago, our theme for 2014 was um, chart new territory. And everything we did was like, we went to new restaurants. I mean, super tiny stuff. So like date night, we would like try new restaurants all the time because we had kind of gotten into a rut of like going to the same Italian restaurant every Friday. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. All the way up to big things when that was the year we decided we want to try to have, a, you know, try to have it get pregnant. Yeah. And that was like massively charting new territory. Um, and then, you know, Vince got a business partner and we both got office spaces, all that stuff. So like we really took that seriously. Like we charted new territory like nobody's business. This year, the goal was to build community. And lo and behold, we ended up moving from our house um, on the west side to the Valley. We hosted more than we've ever hosted at our house. And that says a lot cause we do a lot of hosting and, um, we got really invested in like a, a local group of people and we ended up having a kid and that ended up paying off because we needed those people to help us ease our way into parenthood. So it's really interesting to see how those decisions of really focusing our values on a specific theme has kind of like taken us to the next level by the end of each year. And I love, I love this so much right now because you are like the least like woo woo, like law of attraction person (laughs) that I know. No, you really are though. Like I I feel like you just don't buy into that shit. But like for me, like that's, I love that. Like I totally Mm. am all about that. And I feel like you without even like dabbling in it, you really are. And you exemplify it. Like everything yeah. that you just described is literally it's about because that's what the law of attraction is from my perspective. It's not woo woo. It's very much like be intentional with your life and your mm-hmm. decisions and then you get this outcome. Yeah. What do you want to create? Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, now here we are per your you know original question. What am I doing with this week? And it's like, OK, I see the cause and effect. Right. Like I see how valuable this kind of process is. Um is it more complicated because now, you know, we're, we're exemplifying that to a child and, you know, whatever pressures you put on yourself for that. But yes, but at the same time, because I'm kind of getting my ass kicked by, you know, diving into the essentialism book is, man, I really thought going into this new year, our theme, and we had talked about it. We like had a good old family meeting about like our theme going into 2016 was going to be focus. My, my husband just finished his first feature film. It's getting a lot of attraction and I don't want them to not have focus as they're being thrown other options this year, because it's going to be really easy once you hit a certain level of success to just take anything because you want to maintain that, that level of momentum. And I said, man, this would be good for both of our careers. And it would be so good as we juggle career and, you know, having a baby, like, are we really being intentional about carving out time for him as well? And like just having family time and keeping our date nights. Um, so focus seemed like such an easy word until I was like, but focus on what, like, 
what is the theme that is underlying this motivation to focus, right? It's not savoring the moment. It's not being present. It's not, you know, whatever bullshit that I had like a sub addendum items under focus. And I haven't figured it out yet, but I've got a few days and, (laughs) you know, we'll see. But that's important to me. It's important to me to know because we can't now set goals on a focus theme that are measurable unless I answer focus on what. If I say focus only on the health of my family, that means any business decision, any, you know, whatever is now the metric is now, was that a good move to increase the health of my family? Well, and yet that's the filter that you totally decisions through. Yeah, totally. But I have to commit to that. And just like you did with this podcast, you have to commit to one thing, right? Like one critical focal point in order to have actual measurable goals by the end of the year. Yeah. So, so that I know whether or not it worked, right? Like, so that I know what I'm working towards. So I know how to break them down into tangible action items. And that's so much like the, I guess the, conundrum in there is that like it's it sounds so complicated but it really isn't it's not you just have to you have to give yourself permission to commit totally totally that's all it is because i think in the world that we live in today the the biggest obstacle is the sheer number of options that we have god more so like with everything though it's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything there's so many options it's it's mind-numbing sometimes yeah so that's where i am at this point And, and i think you know, instead of a resolution, which I think is, you know, I think it's a good place to start, but I also think it's, um, you can only set a resolution with what limited information, you know, if you haven't already done this soul searching of like what your values are and setting an intention of like what your theme and your focal point is going to be, um, without that stuff, it's just kind of like, okay, cool. I just threw it out there. And I, I don't even know if that resolution is in line with my inherent values. (laughs) Like, well, there's that, but then there's also like, you don't even know if that's truly what you want. No, because you have I no think idea. like sometimes society feeds us like what a new year's resolution should look like. And the reason that you don't achieve it is because you never wanted it to begin with. Exactly. You we're told that you did. And so what I love about what you're talking about is that it's all you, you mm-hmm. get to be intentional with these decisions. And I just have to like digress for a second and say that like, I think it's so cool that you and Vinny sat down and like made like you had a conversation about what you want your year to look like for your family and for your mm. kids. How many marriages in this country, like, and I'm single, so like I can't even speak to this, but how many couples could stay together or how many families could have such a productive year if they had these kind of conversations, not just on the January 1st, but like ever. Yeah. I mean, so, like, we try to touch base quarterly. Um, just like, Hey, I see what's happening in your career. I see what's happening here, but like, how do we feel about, how we've done and like, and it's not like we sit down and have like a legitimate meeting about it. I have friends who <laughs> you I do, have, Krista, you have an agenda. I, do. I guarantee you. I, like I did the pre, the pre prep work before we go on our date night. And I'm like, so, and I whip out my binder. Um, uh, I totally no, that. like I have friends and they go on into the year retreats. I have four couple friends who are now that don't know each other who are in different parts of the world right now because them and their spouse Every single year at the end of the year on this, in this week, they do a retreat together and figure out what they want to do for the coming year. It's fucking intense. Wow. That's and I think that's great. Yeah, it is. It's so great. 
you run a branding agency here in LA yep. and your main focus with your clients is on how to be strategic. And so mm-hmm. we actually have a special gift for people that are listening today. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh my God. And I want to talk about it. Um, so you sent over this. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that the layout on this thing is sexy as hell and that you should totally consider Aww. a career. You should consider a career in branding is my point. Um, <laughs> it's called Start and it's your quarterly guide to goal domination, which mm-hmm. is kick-ass title. Um, I think that this is honestly what so many of us need to accomplish our goals. And oh, good. Yeah. Love, yeah. And what I love about it, so I was skimming through it. What I love about it is that one of the first thing that comes up is this in big, bold letters. It says, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love that. Because really we are starting from where we are. And I think yeah. that going back to like the whole society thing, sometimes where the bar is set super high because that's where someone else set it. Totally. You need to set the bar where you are. Right. Yep. So I love everything about this. Um, walk me through the workbook just a little bit. Okay. And so, talk to me kind of about like what the, how you came up with it and all that stuff. Yeah. So I not only have a business partner um, who is not my husband, which I feel is like traditionally the case these days. <laughs> like couples well, he's kind of like your second him. husband, right? He, yeah. He's my work husband. Totally. Um, so I have a business partner and I also have Vince obviously as my life partner and I've got one of my best friends, Ruthie, who, um, we teamed up to create this, this gold booklet. Um, so I have these three point people who I'm consistently having my ass kicked by in terms of what my goals are and holding me accountable. And Ruthie, who, you know, is the one that created this with me, we had been doing this already for a year before we created this booklet. And we just didn't know. We had been meeting every quarter. We had set goals. And we looked back after that year and we're like, oh, my God, we got so much shit done this year. Um, And we're like, what if we could help some of our girlfriends? Because I had run like this leadership group at my house once a month with some top executives in L.A. And I said, let's just give that to him for a Christmas gift and like see how it goes. Like, let's just monitor it for a year and see if people like really did it. And it became kind of this impetus for the version that you currently have, which we started selling at the beginning of last year, um, where we thought this is so easy, whether you're like super crazy ambitious or whether you're like, I don't even know where to start. Like it doesn't fucking matter. Just pick the booklet up and just start brain dumping. And so we feel like the quarter system is critical. People set these really big goals. Themes are cool. Like I set my big theme for the year, but to say like, my one goal of the year is this is really hard because then you don't do it till like December 31st. Yep. Like it's just really, it's so intangible that you don't know how to break that down into like day-to-day action items. So we base everything on the quarter system. So you can start whenever, like you could start in February for all I care. You can start in June and start breaking that into three month chunks. What am I going to do in the next three months to get one step closer to, you know, whatever goal it is I have in my head. And that's how the booklet is set up. Um, We broke it down into categories as well, um, just based on our own personal, like, man, what are the areas of our lives that we consistently go back to and feel like we're setting goals within? So those are spiritual, investment, work, networking. Um, I don't have to read all of them. But we kind of chunked all of those in and then gave prompts at the bottom of the page just to get your brain moving. And the categories were never meant to be like, you have to make a goal in every single category. It was really for you to to look at those categories and, and cross check them with your theme and cross check them with your values and say, 
which of these categories should I really focus on in the next three months in order to, to reach that overall goal that I have in my head? The summary of kind of where we started with the goal domination guide um, was how critical quarter systems are because you can do three months at a time and start whenever you want. It doesn't have to be January 1st. And then categories, which are so helpful because at least it like gives your brain some space. Like where do I want to channel some of this energy? Um, and the prompts are super, super helpful. I think, um, we did a journal layout too, which I think is at least for me, I like jotting down how I got to my final conclusion. It's kind of like the show your work mentality in math when we were like, I don't know, in high school. Um, I like looking back to see how I arrived at certain decisions. I love that. I love that. Um, and then we have no excuses. Um, like there, there shouldn't be any reason why you can't set tangible action items for yourself. Um, with this particular it. tool. It's action items. It's not like mm -hmm. you don't have to have these lofty goals. It's right. here's like the big goal over here, but what are the action items that you need to do that? Because I think that's why so many people don't achieve their goals is because they think that like this lofty thing way over there in the corner, they can never get to it because they don't know how. And yeah. Then, so here, I mean, here's the example I even use at one point in the book is the marathon, right? Like take something like that. And how you achieve a goal like that is to say, what's the very first step? So in the first two weeks, the only thing I had, this isn't like a daily thing that I have to do at this point. In the first two weeks, I just have to identify what marathon I actually want to run. Yep. That's it. There's, there's, there's no like, oh, you have to do 5 million things in order to reach that goal. That's the one thing. And that took me a couple of weeks. And the next thing is sign up for it. <laughs> the next <laughs> thing totally. is find a running plan that you can commit to and put it in your calendar. I mean, these are really basic steps, but there's really, steps really that basic. Some people don't take because they don't know about them. Like, I guess like your, your, your analogy is pretty simple because it's a marathon and yes, there's certain action items that you totally. have to do to get there. But some people don't know, like this podcast is another example. Like, trust me, I can tell you the podcast doesn't just show up in iTunes. I wish it did, but it doesn't like, there's a lot of preliminary stuff that gets no, it for there. Sure. Right. And so I think that like, to your point, I had to kind of sit down and think, okay, what are the action steps? Cool. I've got to schedule interviews. I've got to show up at the interviews. The interviews have to be decent. Like there's things that you have to do mm -hmm. to get from point A to B. And I love that this guide helps people break those down in much simpler steps. And at the same time, because it's in three month chunks, had I started training for the marathon by the end of that three months, that initial three months, and say, I like realize I can't run past 13 miles or something. Cause I, you know, my body gives out change your mind and do a half marathon or yep. change it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. it's not like I failed because I did the necessary work to get to a point where I can make a more, I don't know, clear decision or a more educated decision about what the end goal should really be. Love it. If that makes sense. So that, that leads to the final piece of the, the little workbook is the reflection piece. And it's at the end of every quarter. So at the end of every three month chunk you know, that you're devoting to tackling these goals, you get to ask yourself questions like what worked, what didn't work? Why didn't it work? Half the time when I answer that question, it's like, cause I didn't freaking care. Like I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do this. And I consistently put it as a goal cause I feel guilty. Um, that's why I didn't do it. And it's totally and, okay that you didn't do it. That's what I love about it. Too. Yep. 
I usually go over my reflection with either Ruthie, who's my like goal setting partner, or I do it with Gary, my business partner, if we're talking about business goals or with Vince, if we're talking about like life family goals, it's like, why did we not do this? Well, because we didn't blah, blah. And if it's like, cause we didn't have time that that's not the answer. It's what did we think was worth our time more than the thing that we originally said was the priority. Amazing. I have to tell you my favorite little part is you have this thing at the bottom of the page that says, are you a little stuck? Yes. And then it kind of like helps you like figure out like where you might be stuck. I'd love that. Yeah. Cause I think it, it's, hard. it's yeah. so hard. I think the biggest thing though, you know, with everything, this goal booklet, I think, I hope that it's so helpful for people. I know we've gotten such great feedback and it's really rewarding, but I really hope that people see this and think, who are some people in my life, not your best friend or whatever, because they're just going to be like, oh, you tried. Good luck next time. Yeah. Um, like, who's the person in your life who will sufficiently kick your ass and ask you the hard questions that you can go through this with? Because that is so critical. It's really hard to set these goals without that. But this is something, first of all, that you charge for on your website, mm-hmm. but you are actually giving a version of it away to my listeners. Yep. I'm giving the first quarter away to you guys. And you could just like keep reprinting those quarters, but I have little, (laughs) I mean, you totally could. That's a really jerk thing to do, but whatever. Um, If you get the booklet, I have, it's almost seasonal, right? Even if you started, I don't say like Christmas or summer or whatever, because the whole point was that you could start at any point in the year and go through the booklet and not feel like you're behind. Yeah. Um, But there are, there's different pieces of information that kind of mark each quarter to kind of give you a pep talk and help you think about things maybe a little differently. Because I think no matter where you start, there is a level of momentum that happens that feels seasonal, whether you're winding down an actual year or in the middle of this process. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love it. Love it. And I'm so grateful that you're giving this away. And I genuinely think it's going to be something that's so valuable to people. If you have thought of resolutions this year and it just doesn't sit well with you because you don't like the idea of a resolution try this so fun you're awesome awesome. you're awesome krista tell us just again in case they didn't listen to the last episode where we can connect with you and how we can get in touch yeah so instagram is a little like sprinkle mostly let's be honest like i throw myself in the picture with my baby because nobody likes my pictures unless my kids mug is in it (laughs) um so krista michelle m-a-s-c-i-a-l-e that's my instagram and then um and my website bigdealbranding.com awesome if you want to check that out Cool. And all of that will be linked in the show notes, of course. In addition to this um, amazing start, your quarterly guide to goal domination worksheet. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to actually put the link for the essentialism book in there too, because I want to check that out. Oh, so good. Just Amazon Prime that shit. Done. All right. I want to thank Krista so much for joining me again today. Now be sure to grab your copy of the quarterly goal domination guide over at thinkoutsidethelines.com slash podcast. Click on the show notes for Krista's episode. I promise you'll get tons of use out of this worksheet. And while you're over there, you can check out her original episode where she shares tons of great tips on branding your business. And of course, I want to thank you for listening today. If you've had any revelations you want to share, I encourage you to join the conversation over on our Facebook page, or you can follow us on Twitter, or send me an email. And you can find the links for all those things over at thinkoutsidethelines.com. 
And of course, if you're enjoying the show, I'd love if you'd head over to iTunes and click on the subscribe button. And while you're there, please take a moment to leave a quick review of the show. I appreciate it. Now, until next time, go out there and pursue your passion today. Because the best way to predict the future is to create it. For more information, please visit thinkoutsidethelines.com.